This episode of the Redbeard Podcast is brought to you by DJ Tone Entertainment. If you're looking for a DJ to provide the best entertainment with cutting-edge equipment for your event, then look no further. From weddings and corporate events to birthday parties and family reunions, DJ Tone Entertainment can do it all. You can find their rates on Facebook or message them for a personalized quote. So don't wait. Book DJ Tone Entertainment today. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's the Red Beard Podcast. And uh, this week, we're going to be doing a special for you. We're actually going to be talking today about Independence Day, the movie. Uh, We just passed July 4th. Hope everybody had a good holiday, but no more of a perfect time to talk about the movie and uh, how big of an impact it had on cinema at large and how it kind of revolutionized the way um, movies are made today. So stick around and enjoy this Independence Day episode. Podcast is brought to you by these cool dudes. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Hey everybody, we're back, and welcome to this Friday's episode of the Red Beard Podcast. I got Jim and Cooley with me. What's up, guys? What up? Hello. Hey, so this week we decided, as the Red Beard Podcast crew, to bring you guys a really special episode, uh, because two days ago was the 4th of July, and just the perfect time to talk about a movie called Independence Day, oh, uh, which is actually, Jim, what is this movie to you? It is my favorite movie. Of all time. Of all time. Okay. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that, <laughs> but God, it was great. It's it uh, was it was an awesome movie, man. It molded actually, me into who I am today. It, <laughs> it did. Hey, man, it was one of the first, uh, or I was well, not one of the first, but I would say probably like it's up there in the third or fourth as far as like my favorite like alien invasion movies or alien movies. Um, 
this movie actually came out 22 years ago to the day uh, as of the 4th of July, uh, this past 4th of July. Um, it actually came out on July 3rd, like mm. at midnight, but uh, I ended up seeing it on the Friday. And I'll never forget that when I was in the theater, I actually kind of felt like shit. Uh, I went with my dad and my sister and didn't expect the movie to be as good as it was, but the movie was awesome. Bombastic. So, yeah. I actually felt I actually felt better after I left the theater because like the adrenaline started going. I forgot I was sick. <laughs> but I mean like it was a really good movie. Um what what are some things about this movie that really like stand out to you, man? Being like what makes this your favorite movie of all time? Oh. I'm sure it's like a ton of things, but there's gotta be something specifically. It really is. You know, it was it was that perfect movie that came out at the perfect time when I was the perfect age. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the first movie that I saw that really had special effects that blew me away. Mm -hmm. I was always kind of a, a sci-fi nerd at the time. And Independence Day was that first movie. That How old were you of, when it came out? I was, I was 15 at the yeah. time. Yeah. I was 15 years old. So I was finally going to, to movies by myself mm -hmm. or like with friends. And uh, I saw this movie. Sci-fi was kind of always like Star Trek at the time. There wasn't there wasn't really like cool science fiction. Yeah. And then this movie came out and it uh, brought forth Will Smith, yep. who became a superstar after this movie. Yeah. And um, I, I don't I don't know the whole idea of. The, the the disaster movie mm -hmm. kind of made the forefront in this whole apocalypse movie where the world is going to end. I felt really it's happened before in movies, but it really rang true in this one. This was the first time that it became a blockbuster and it spawned this whole genre of end of the world movies. Mm. Not all of them were good. As a matter of fact, most of them weren't good. Yeah. But this was the one that started it all. And like this we wouldn't was... have Armageddon. We wouldn't oh, no, have yeah. uh we wouldn't have the Avengers mm -hmm. if it wasn't for this apocalyptic movie. Mm. This movie definitely was uh another movie that really kind of uh made Jeff Goldblum like a household name because he was pretty big after Jurassic Park in nineteen ninety three and then this movie came out in nineteen ninety six. So uh I mean like the fact that this movie um, was like the second big movie. I think that a lot of people were like, oh, Jeff Goldblum, the guy from Jurassic Park. You know, like it's kind of cool that he was actually uh, in this. And I, I, I mean, loved his character in this. Well, no, of course, The Fly. That was like the big one. Because but, that one put him on the map for me. I saw that and I was like, oh, this dude's. This dude's dope. He's a dope. Well, when you think about horror sci-fi actor, yeah, but know? think about that. I mean, like The Fly was like an '80s movie, hmm. you know, and then that was like when he was like super young, and then fast forward like early '90s, you got Jurassic Park, and then three years later, he's in Independence Day, among other things. But I mean, I was, uh, and now Jeff Goldblum has just become a parody of himself. I think. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things about Jeff Goldblum that I think are interesting. Um, he's actually going to be at Boston Comic Con. I'm hoping to meet him. Yeah, he's a he's um, a funny dude, man. Yeah, he does a lot of funny things. Yeah, him and uh, him and uh, by the way, Boston Comic Con. Him and Michael J. Fox are going to be at at uh, Boston Comic Con. So I'm hoping to meet both of them. Yeah, so. I, I'm I'm in the other side. I'm in the other camp, like where I don't really think that this was like the greatest movie ever. I think it was a good movie. Yeah, but actually, I'm sorry. I, I, let me reiterate. I think it was a 
I think it was a fun movie. Let's put yeah. it that way. It was a fun movie that I could go to the theater, I could eat popcorn, I could be blown away by a bunch of like really cool special effects, underwhelmed by a real by a bunch of really underwhelming special effects, and it it just ran this gamut. But the but to me like it was it was a story that just and and I'll, is it all right if I just jump in to yeah go for it to man. something that, like some interesting stuff that I found out like was because uh, I did a little bit of research was uh, Emmerich the uh, the director Roland Emmerich mm-hmm. was uh, he started film school in in 1977 yeah right so what do, what does that mean for you know his his film style and, and like what he what he's gonna bring to the table I mean like he was influenced greatly by uh, you know 77 was the year that Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. Um, 75 was the year that Jaws came out. You had, uh, in 1978, um, there were some other films that came out. 1979 was Alien, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like you could see all of these little, these little bits and pieces that he threw. And there was actually a scene in, in this movie that was like, it was straight out of Star Wars. Uh, and I don't know if, do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Jim? Are you talking about when, uh, uh, the I'm trying to think when Captain Hiller is flying away from the the spaceship, the little mini drone. No, no, no. The Grand Canyon. The planning, the planning sequence when they're when they're in that. Oh little yes. Sp- and they're talking about this this impossible mission to go and like you know target this like you know twenty centimeter gap or what I don't know how big it was really, but I mean that little gap that you know it, it was oh it's impossible nobody's gonna be able yeah. to fly a ship into that and like you know Will Smith steps up and he's like I'd like to give it a shot sir Not and to it was mention, like operating that was, a craft that no one in this world is qualified <laughs> yeah. to operate. And and this is this is straight up the this is straight up the Death Star <laughs> attack this is stri- straight up the Death Star attack planning sequence in, in Star Wars. I've seen this ship in action, sir. I know its capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> Did enough time to I used take them down. With my, do, with do, my your, do your stuff. stuff. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was. Look, man. To, to me, to me, like that, and that was, and and that wasn't bad. I'm not saying that that was a bad thing. I'm just saying that that was. You can see his influences here, and um, so it was an homage, right? Like I'll take it as that. I'm not saying he was ripping them off. I'm saying that that was. You can see like where he's getting. His, not his ideas, but his influences. But I think that's um, normal, man. I think like when any with any uh, movie or any director, I mean, they're basing, you know, what they want to see on film, you know, because of the things that have influenced them in the past. And I feel like that's, I mean, anybody's going to bring some things that that have touched them in a way and try to to, to kind of feed off that, like that stuff mm. that keeps them going. Um, one of the things I found interesting about this movie is that. Um, Dean Devlin and uh, director Ronald Emmerich, they actually finished this screenplay. Um, they uh, they finished this screenplay. What did I say? Ronald. Ronald. Oh, Roland. Sorry. Um, I don't know how that, no, that okay. came off my tongue the, right, right. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Roland Emmerich, they actually finished this screenplay in a hotel in Mexico. Just like a weird fact, they didn't. It's never really explained why they were there. Probably for something, but they they finished the screenplay in a hotel in Mexico, and then they pitched it to studios. Check this out. They pitched it to studios on a Thursday. It was greenlit the next day on a Friday, and cool they movie. started pre-production on Monday. <laughs> that would never ever happen today. Right. Like that'll never happen again. And his directing career has never 
reached higher points <laughs> than that moment. It was the first time he blew up the White House, yeah. which, which we know he would the go on first. to do many more times. Oh, my God. That's many, a staple. In, in he would have, he would have done it in 10,000 B.C. if the White House were around. So that White House, uh, that White House that they blew up was actually, um, it was a model that they built that was, uh, it was 14 feet long and five feet high. And they actually had a backup White House that they had in case the first take didn't actually work. And they had all these different like little like mini explosives rigged up to it. And these people were sitting in almost like an arena type setting where they were actually going to film the explosion. Mm -hmm. So they did it, set off all the triggers and the White House blew up and they got it on the first shot. And then after that, they obviously like slowed down. The, uh, yeah. the explosion had like, because when they blew it up, they had like multiple camera angles. So you can see like, you know, the windows exploding and stuff like that. And then obviously they put in like the spacecraft and like the helicopter getting like exploded as it's taken off. So I think that's like pretty cool that it, they got that on the first take. And that was, that was one thing the studio was a little iffy on. Like, oh, you're going to blow up the White House. Like this might not be a good thing to do politically, but they got the go ahead and it was one of the most iconic scenes of all time. It. It is. It's probably the most iconic scene of Independence Day. But how excited were you when you first saw the Empire State Building blow up? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh my god, that I was that that was the that was like the pinnacle moment for me as a child when I saw first off the lead up. They did a great job in that movie of building up suspense. Yeah, they and did. And then leading up to the moment. Where they, what's well, a good like 45, 50 minutes before oh, the yeah. first explosion? Oh yeah, it took a while. Yeah, the yeah. whole time the aliens are coming in and what's happening, and then the helicopter comes in, built like built with all the lights flashing yeah, to kind of do encounters. Like, yeah, yeah, to be kind of like close encounters. Then the helicopter gets blown up. The welcome wagon. <laughs> what is what is up with the? I, all right. But close encounters as well. Like I mean, like what is up with the idea of like speaking to them with lights with. Without knowing that that's a way of communicating, they're speaking with them. them with they're speaking them with lights. It's almost like uh, it's almost like a um, a binary slash what the, a Morse code. So it's a, that's how they were trying to communicate them. But they also use in Close Encounters they use tones. But with that welcome wagon, it had like patterns of light. They were almost like when you send out like an SOS with like a flashlight. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same type of thing. Um, it's all like mathematics. I can't explain it yeah, to you, but that's what they enough, were going off but of. But I almost feel like using lights to communicate is very non-threatening. Right. Like it seems semi-peaceful to me. Right. I yeah, feel to, like, to us as humans, but I'm saying like... Oh, well, it, yeah, it, well, who knows? You don't know what but you're I mean, triggering. You, but I mean, if you're right. about to meet an alien race... You gotta pick something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't know how they communicate. I mean, um, the only the the one movie that I think kind of summed up how we would possibly realistically communicate is Contact, where they're sending like plans in with like all binary code and like mathematics. Like I feel like it's a universal language in a way. So who knows? I mean, that's. But yeah, I mean, I agree with Jim. You got to start somewhere. I thought Arrival was cool. Oh, the arrival was awesome. You mean, oh, are you yeah. talk? Well, oh, arrival was good. I thought you were talking about for a second the one with Charlie Sheen. Nah, no, <laughs> no, but arrival, yeah, that was that was definitely really cool. There was a kid that used to live next door to me 
that totally had backwards legs, and then he had an operation, and now he still has a limp, but he's fine pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, cool segue, it's, man. It's yeah. it's true. It really it happens in yeah. life. You know, you don't expect it. Yeah, oh my I God. just you don't know, don't drink when you're pregnant. Yo, I wanted to, I want to jump in on one thing. Uh, you talked about the Empire State Building. Yes. So here's another cool fact. So the uh, r- the character um, Russell Case, you know, who's obviously the guy, you know, Randy Quaid plays. Mm-hmm. He actually was supposed to blow up the ship at the end of the movie with his like his uh, his like crop dusting plane. Yes. It was supposed to have a bomb strapped to it, and he was supposed to like take off in that plane and accept that he wasn't going to come back. And he was that's how he was going to blow it up. They ran this like with test audiences, and that's like the one problem people had with it. They were Did like, you say Russell Case? Isn't that his name in the movie? I'm Russell Case, sir. Like, I thought it was I thought it was cousin Eddie. That's that's vacation, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> shitter's full. Yeah. Yeah. It was movie. the same. It was the same character, bro. I guess. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, he's never taken seriously in movies. Yeah. But uh, but here's the thing. So they ran that test audiences hated it. So last minute they actually reshot it and they put him in an F-16, right? Mm. So he, uh, you'll notice too that, and I'm I'm leading back to the Empire State Building. It's all going to be full circle. Do it. So they actually um, had to reshoot it. And if you look at Randy Quaid in one scene, he's got like shorter hair. And then like when he's like drinking coffee, trying to get sober, his, his hair is a lot longer. And he's like, his his beard is all like makeup. And then the other thing I noticed is that when he's in the plane and he says, hello, boys, he's clean shaven, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> so but the other thing, too, so he goes up. Right. And that um, that scene, you know, obviously is all special effects. That explosion that you see happen is the Empire State Building upside down in reverse. <laughs> oh, wow. Is it really? Yeah, that's they actually use the same shot, but reversed it because the Empire State Building comes down like this. If you flip it. It's just going reverse. That's that same shot that they used, which I thought was pretty awesome. So a little fun fact for you right there. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. So Spaceships, right? Right. Crazy. It it, it occurred to me that Roland Emmerich is basically like Michael Bay times 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's like the poor man's Michael Bay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and he's, he's not as womanizing either. No, <laughs> like well, Michael. no, he's the exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's he's definitely he loves like, men. For those that don't yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. Exactly. he's a he's very uh and and to his benefit because I mean like it's Michael Bay takes a lot of shit for that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, rightfully so. I mean, like you didn't really need Megan Fox in a Transformers movie. I wasn't complaining. No, but yeah, I wasn't. Either. Who re- was comp- who was complaining really, at the time? Didn't really but need she's it. the love interest eye candy that they you need in a movie. I guess not for you Shia know? LaBeouf though. Uh, I don't know. I didn't find that that unbelievable. I mean, there's always like that really attractive girl that likes the guy that like doesn't have to be a ten, but like is quirky in some way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. She yeah, did. Right. She also didn't look at all like a high schooler. No. No. no, just no. like nobody in Saved by the Bell was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> they were all like late college. <laughs> but we're not talking about Michael Bay and Transformers. Let's or get back. Saved by the Bell. Let's get back to ID Four. Yeah. So, um, did you know that the movie actually was not originally supposed to be called Independence Day? <laughs> what was it supposed to be called? They, I don't know what it is originally supposed to be called, but they, uh, 
they ended up calling it um, Independence Day because um, it was going to be... So basically, it was a similar movie to another alien movie that was coming out at the same time. That movie was called Mars Attacks. That was actually supposed to come out in... Very different movies. Yeah. They were, but they were both alien-related at the time. Like They were like, aliens are alien invasion, another kind of alien invasion in some ways. But... Mars Attacks was actually supposed to be coming out in August, mm. got pushed back to December um, once ID4 came out. And ID4 um, officially was named Independence Day because of uh, Bill Pullman's speech, where he's like, today we celebrate our Independence oh, Day. What a classic speech. That, right? that line at the end is why they actually called it like ID4 Independence Day, hmm. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. But Mars Attacks got pushed back because Independence Day was doing so well in theaters that it didn't want that to be overshadowed, but it came out in December and nobody really cares about Mars Attacks anyway. <laughs> so. That that Independence speech, that Independence Day speech, so to me, was so iconic. Mm-hmm. I rewrote it yep, for, when, for when I lost my virginity. <laughs> and I'm not going to say the whole thing because it takes forever, yeah. but it totally ends with, I'm going to live on. <laughs> I'm going to have more sex. <laughs> Today, <laughs> I celebrate... My Independence Day, <laughs> <laughs> and then I said I said it with a group of my friends, and I remember one of my friends stood so up it did and, like gave, the, the and gave the salute, gave the like real quick hardcore salute that yeah. that guy does afterwards. He's oh, actually man. like the most hardcore extra of all time, the, the best, hard, <laughs> really the best is, extra dude. of all time. For the longest time, I actually thought that was uh, the guy who plays Mister Nimziki. Like after he got fired, I figured like he's he was like he like put on a he was just like yes I'm still gonna participate. James, James Rebhorn. James Rebhorn, yeah, who I met and was a super nice guy. But anyway, also yeah. super obscure fun fact. I was talking about this with Coolier earlier today. Harry Connick Jr. plays mm-hmm. Will Smith's best friend yep. uh, in the movie. He was not supposed to play that part. Who's he supposed As to? As a play? matter of fact. Matthew Perry was cast for that, and then right before filming, he dropped out, and as a last-minute replacement, they got Harry Connick Jr. Who I thought was great in that. Yeah, imagine Matthew Perry going, you got it right here, yeah. Yeah, doing like the <laughs> reverend and all that stuff. <laughs> Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Also, did did Roland Emmerich ever, like, you know, know anything about any U.S. president besides like the early ones like George Washington and fucking Abe Lincoln. Like what do you mean? I, there is I he always and this isn't just Independence Day. It's like all of his like disaster films. The president always like the US president always sticks around. You know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm staying right here in the thick of things and I'm going to be the hero and I'm going to instead of like, going into a bunker. Yo, when 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 Secret Service rolls up and they're like, "Yo, get in the car." You know, you know, George Bush, you know, Trump, even even my beloved fucking uh, Obama, Obama, Jimmy Carter is jumping in the is jumping in the damn car and Mm -hmm. going to the bunker like there's you can't tell the Secret Service that you're not going. They're going to grab you and take you. I'm a combat pilot. I belong in the air. No, but, <laughs> I like how he's like, where do you think you're going, sir? And he just like, and that's the only question that was asked. <laughs> that, everyone's just like, okay. 
Yeah, exactly. Like Secret like, Service. That's cool. You're the president. I, but I Go feel get like, yourself killed. You know what it was, though? I feel like at that point, they already dropped the nuke and it didn't work. And then they're just like, you know what? At this point, like, <laughs> if we, it doesn't matter. Because, and if he didn't go up, what? nothing would have happened because he's the one who's like, I'm going to I'm going to have a second shot. But I mean, <laughs> you know? but I mean, realistically, did it matter? Like they dropped it on Houston. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, they wiped out a lot of people. I mean, Houston is screwed for years. So nobody, no, Houston has a problem. Now people, can, <laughs> now people can say "remember the Alamo" and mean it. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not around no more. So I think uh, for me, I, one thing about Independence Day, man, is this is just such a very quotable movie for me. Um, like I, I can go back to so many quotes from that. I mean. I have always wanted my computer to start up and just go, good morning, Dave. Instead of, you know, but to say like my name, but I thought that was just like such a cool thing. Um, I love how he always has like that countdown. I found their code somehow in some weird airway. (laughs) That's the other thing that made no sense. How did you just find the code? (laughs) Like you found a live, like I found it embedded in their thing. Checkmate. Like, you know, it's like, all right, cool. I mean, I'm glad you found the countdown, which saved everybody's ass. But, you know, at the same time, how did you just stumble upon that? Well, I think Will Smith, almost everything that came out of Will Smith's mouth was a catchphrase that was uttered for years to come. Yeah. Like, welcome to Earth. Now, that's what I I call call a close encounter. encounter. And I was supposed to be at a barbecue. (laughs) And what the (laughs) hell's that smell? (laughs) You want to see my clearance? Here's my clearance. (laughs) Like it's all stuff that people have got to get me one of these, (laughs) you know, it's all memorable lines. And and speaking of Will Smith, like I said, this is probably the movie that really catapulted him into superstardom. Yeah. I mean, he was on Fresh Prince, which, as we all know, I think it's one of the beloved TV shows of our generation. Hey, It's still on a rerun, man. Oh, yeah. It's people love it. Yeah. And then he did Six Degrees of Separation. Yep. You know, to show his dramatic side and people are like, oh, crap, he can he might be able to make the jump and do movies, be a serious actor. Mm-hmm. And then two years later came out with Bad Boys yep. and Bad Boys was like the awakening was like, wait a second. Who's this? Yeah. And then because of that, he gets into Independence Day. Independence Day is this huge, huge movie blockbuster. Not that Bad Boys wasn't. But Independence Day at the time was one of the biggest like box office successes. Yeah, I mean, well, of all time. Well, Bad Boys was an action movie, but also like had a lot of comedy in it, you yeah. know. And this was very similar, but had more action, had a more serious tone to it. Yeah. Hmm. Like for me, I, I the reason I guess the reason why I didn't appreciate it as a film is like I I personally, and this is a personal thing, I like a story about you know the character. And like finding the character and the hero and watching them grow into the hero to save the day. Like I don't like like Will Smith was one of my particular problems with the film, because the minute you see him, you automatically know that he is going to be one of the people that that pull everything together. He was like a hero right away. Like, yeah, he jumps up out of bed, puts his shit on and he's like, I'm going to get that that fucking spaceship. Was that another earthquake? (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's like he, he, they, and he gets dressed and he, she's like don't go or whatever she says and he's like yeah well why not and she's like because of that <laughs> and she points at the spaceship they canceled and, it yeah, and, he, and he doesn't and he doesn't care 
he's just ready to go and uh, and fight this thing, and it just bothered that bothered me a little bit. I mean, I think one of the coolest things about this movie too is that uh, you get to see like the inside of like the mothership. Like they went, they left Earth too, went to space, got into the mothership, and then got out. I mean, and that mm. chase scene at the end is so unrealistic. By the way, like if you actually, he's like, "Is you get us out? Get out? Can you get us out of here in thirty seconds, dude?" I literally put a timer on my phone by like fourteen seconds on TV time. They're done. Like they slowed thirty seconds they, down is like yeah. fifty seconds. Mm. Like they would have never gotten out of there in time, which is you know it it makes for a great movie. And they get out. Still, I feel like that that squeeze they get through at the end. They should have opened that up a little bit more. What do you? Which movie are you talking about? I'm talking about Independence Day, where like the first one. Yeah, where they're right. they're coming out of the mothership and that triangle door starting to close. Like, oh yeah, yeah, to yeah. This yeah. Okay, day, okay. To this day, to this day, they need to open those up a little bit more because the space that he goes through is impossible. I got confused because I just watched both movies and both movies do the same fucking thing. With well, that, yeah, with that, well, with that close space thing, and like, we're gonna talk all about episode. Uh, we're gonna talk about Independence Day resurgence in episode, our next episode. But anyway, right. um, one other fun fact I want to throw out, just because I remembered it, and we're talking about them in the mothership. You know where they're actually lighting the cigars? Yeah, or mm-hmm. even at the end where, like, you know, Jeff Goldblum and they're smoking the cigars. Do not promise you fireworks. <laughs> so, uh. Jeff Goldblum did not do well with like cigar smoke. He had like a really big problem with it. Like he couldn't do it and he had a problem lighting it and keeping it lit. So when they actually had to stop filming, an AD had to take his cigar, continue to light it and keep it going. So that when they were like, action, they just handed it back to him. So, but I mean, he looks like he actually knows what he's doing, to be honest with you. So I guess it's an indication he's a decent actor. Another thing <laughs> that I, I personally enjoyed from this movie was the sheer scope of the alien invasion. Oh, yeah. Like the, how gigantic it was. Yeah. I remember in Star Wars, the very first scene in Star Wars where you see the rebel ship flying away and then you see the destroyer come in. Yeah. And yeah, it just yeah. goes on yeah. and on mm-hmm. and on. That movie kind of gave me the same feel because you had the, the mini ships yeah. and the mini ships were like a mile wide. Yeah, exactly. And then the mothership was the size of the moon. Well, they, well, they did that really good because you actually see like the shadow and then it goes over the American flag and keeps going. Like I thought that was a great shot. I thought that was a very cool scene Yeah, where it has, you know, the, it shows where they landed on the moon and it shows all the footprints and then it shows the moon shaking yeah. and all of the footprints get washed away. Yeah. I thought that was a very intriguing first like moment in the movie yep. to kind of be like, what the F is going on? Yep. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I will tell you, though, that it's, it's definitely up there with, with one of my favorite alien movies of all time, though. I'm going to say my first one is going to be um, Close Encounters. Two is going to be E.T. and Independence Day is another one. But I mean, as far as like, I mean, Alien and Predator, they're not really like alien invasion movies. It's kind of just like, you know, action movies. But I think those are my top three. E.T., Close Encounters and uh, and Independence Day. Mm. Yeah. Well, so much of my youth is tied into this movie. Like oh, when I, I think back of just things that really bring back nostalgia and how I felt when I was a kid. That movie Independence Day. Every time that I watch it, 
You know, it what, does that for me. You it know what, takes me back. The one part in Independence Day that still I enjoy every time is where he goes into Area Fifty One and sees everything for the first time, and he's like, and my favorite line is they go. He's like, why wasn't I told about this? And then that guy goes, two words, Mr. President, plausible deniability. And it's like, that is why our president has no fucking clue if there's something like that. You're, and Jim, you can kind of attest to this. Your stepfather used to work at Area 51 and said there's nothing there yeah. that he knows about. Yep, he, he worked there. He was working on radar to try and detect the stealth bomber, yep. which was being built there Yep, that's a story for another time. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. It was a fun fact. He was there and he was like, no aliens, just yeah. stealth bomber. Yeah, <laughs> that he knows about. So who knows? Yep. Maybe it's above his clearance. Oh, man, he loved to, to drink. <laughs> 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 to forget what he saw there. <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it then. That's our Independence Day episode one. Uh, check us out on Monday when we talk Independence Day two resurgence. Yeah. yeah. Or regurgitation. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. that's that's about right. Regurgence. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Um, <laughs> yeah, check us out Monday for that, and uh, make sure you check out the uh, We Love Wednesdays every Thursday show on on Thursdays and uh, Mondays after the Bachelorette runs. Um, once that ends, you get to listen to the bachelor after party with Becca and Tony. So make sure you tune into that and, uh, we'll see you later and check us out on nerd ruckus network.com. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's where you can get all of our stuff. Nerds making noise. We're on, we're on Twitter too and everywhere. So check us out. I'm, I'm here for now. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye everyone. Peace.